coming over tonight. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, Get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy bonus show, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And this time on this bonus, we've got a real banger for you. It is a two round mock draft with a twist. I'm going to get into that in just a second. We've got three amazing guests to join us in this mock effort. But man, I can't do this thing alone. Uh, my, my man of the hour and my man with the power, he is Jerry Sinclair. He's here to help me out. What's up, Jerry? Randy, my man. We got some good, some good, good in the till today. And listen, here's the thing. Kane's muted. I could pick on him. I could say whatever the hell I want to say about him right now, but I'm not gonna. I'll give him time till he can punch back at me. Uh, I'm excited, you know. There's uh we got a lot of good guys on here and we're mocking. And what is the one thing that we all love to do this time of year, Randy? We love to mock, baby. You know, you're absolutely right. Ryan McDowell, great dude. You know, an OG, a legend in the fantasy and dynasty space. Every time that guy puts out, hey, I'm doing a mock draft, I'm doing a, a startup, I'm doing a rookie. I'm my, in one of them right now. My, my man gets like 2,000 replies, so you're right, people do love to mock, and, and you already mentioned one of our mockers who is uh, here to help us tonight, that's Kane Fassell of the Devi Marketplace, as well as John Bosch from the Dynasty Game Night, as well as Dynasty Wall Street, uh, and last but certainly not least, Pete Law, also of the DLF, uh, Pete's also uh, getting ready to fire back up his podcast, Dynasty Yak, but three amazing guys. But what we're doing, Jerry, we're, there's going to be a little twist. Did you study? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing the Warzone twist to the mock draft. Absolutely. As we've said a bunch of times here in the Dynasty Warzone, you guys understand who the first round is. We're going to cover a lot of that once we bring the guests on. I just want to uh, make sure to tell you that the Patreon is live. Oh my goodness, we have one guy doing a startup, we have another guy doing an auction, that be me. Uh, we had one guy talking about some some wild and wacky trades the other day, and that's part of the Dynasty Warzone. Now here real soon, Jerry and I have got some parameters for what tiers of the Warzone Patreon will mean, but right now it's just a bunch of good people having fun, getting better, building good Dynasty rosters. And if you're interested and that's something you want to check out, head over to patreon.com 
forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And gots to warn you, these shows are running just a tad long. I don't think we've eclipsed 75 minutes too often, but definitely not around that normal 60-ish minutes. But you know what? Enjoy the content, especially this one, because again, it's rookies. We've got a twist. Uh, thank you for that new five-star review. We've got a long way to go to 200, but we're above 100, and that was certainly a goal of ours. And got to remember to call out the social media, Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm going to commit to doing a better job of posting more pictures of my dog on the Dynasty Warzone Instagram. I don't have the... It's, bo- a, it's a cute dog. It's a Gemma is a very cute dog. And I don't have like the... Insta- and I'm into fitness, but I don't have like that Instagram butt model thing where you hike one toe up and you kind of kick a cheek out. I mean, I could do that. But I want to get new followers, not run the the followers we currently have away. But we've got a lot going on with our social media. But I want to keep this entrance short because we've got a lot of great guys waiting for us. So, Jerry, without any further ado, let's bring in our guests. Let's do it. All right. It is mock draft time. And joining us tonight, I'm going to go around the horn. Uh, the guy at the 201, you know him from the DLF family of podcasts as well as Dynasty Wall Street. Uh, He's just my buddy, John, who wrote me into the most, I don't know, heart-racing, redlining auction draft that I've ever been a part of. It's a 16-man. Heath Cummings of CBS Sports Fantasy has redlined me more than once, and I feel like it's personal. But welcome to the show, John Bosch. You can find John on Twitter, at JohnBoschFF. What's going on, Bosch? Not much. I'm excited to do this. I really like this idea for a mock draft. I think this is... What we're going to do tonight is a lot of fun. This this gets a little bit better, so I'm really excited for tonight. You know, thank you. It's designed to help the the listener. I'll get to the premise as soon as I bring in our next two guests. Now, John's a member of the DLF. This might as well be like a a hashtag DLF podcast because this next guy is also part of the DLF family. Uh, He's part of the Debbie department. You can find him on Twitter at Debbie underscore Kane. Kane is a co-host on the Debbie Marketplace as well as... Uh, a writer at the DLF. Kane, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks, Memphis. Thanks for having me on. Jerry, uh, go Gophers. Hey, listen, <laughs> hang up on him. I, I, I will hey, not. Is there a way to just not record what he says? <laughs> well, I mean, there's editing, but we don't do much editing in these parts. Super glad to have Kane back in the house. He was one of our original guys with Nick, and then this next guy was part of the original mock with Nick. He is also a DLF member. Uh, he is Pete Law. You can find him on Twitter at, at underscore Pete Law. Pete, welcome back to the show, sir. Oh, happy to jump back on and wrap this thing up. Yeah, so to get into what we're wrapping up, the premise of tonight's draft is this was the idea of Tyler Gunther and I's conversation a couple of weeks back. We feel like at this point most everybody has an idea who the top 11, maybe 12 players are uh, in a super flex, which is what we're doing. We're doing a three-round Superflex mock draft, not tight end premium this time. Uh, tight end premium has a way to go. I think Superflex is the wave of the future. I always like to affectionately say it is chess to one QB's checkers. Both are fun as hell, but one requires a lot more strategy in both startups and rookies. So our top 11, if you will, would be Tua, Burrow, and Herbert at the quarterback position. Top five running backs of Swift, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
and Cam Akers, and then at least three running backs for sure in Jalen Rager, C.D. Lamb, and Jerry Judy. Now, I'm going to put myself on the clock with the 112, and I'm leaving T. Higgins in the first round. He's dropped in my personal rankings a little bit due to not testing at Indy. Uh, Jerry and I have covered this a lot lately in both a previous show and a Patreon. But, Bosh, do you know why you don't give your wife the receipt when you go to the grocery store and buy stuff you're not supposed to? I, I, I always check no to don't print out receipts anymore. The, the, well, I don't give my wife the receipt when I buy some stuff I'm not supposed to because I did something I'm not supposed to do. And I think that's why I think that's why T. Higgins didn't run at the Indy. 40 yard dash he wants to get that home cooking at his pro day where maybe that one one hundredth or one tenth of a second could go a long way so there you go i picked 112 i'm going to take t higgins to stay consistent with the 12 guys we've had so far in the first round but bosh you are on the clock you have the 201 we know the 12 guys that are gone it's a super flex who are you taking 201 in reality i would really really want to take a quarterback here uh just because I tend to go for quarterbacks and super flex, but there's a wide receiver that's still available to me that I just love. I'm not going to pass him up. So I'll go ahead and take Justin Jefferson at the 201 right here. Like to me, he's going to go in the in round one in rookie drafts. I don't think he falls around two at all. He, he is the guy that if I didn't want to stay consistent and keep T Higgins in the top 12, he's the guy that I would have leapfrogged into that position. You can only see him going in the first round of all these Todd McShay and CBS Sports and all these different mock drafts to, you know, the back end of the first round. And when you go to the back end of the first round, you typically go to a good team. He could easily wind up in New Orleans. He could wind up in Green Bay. And I think that will cause his rookie stock to skyrocket. So next on the clock is Kane. Kane, anything on Justin Jefferson before you make the uh, the 202? So, yeah, I think there were two easy picks um, at the 201, the 202. Obviously, he left me one. But I think Justin Jefferson is just a lot better than people think he is. And I think he's been rising up boards all through college this last season when he finally got, you know, a quarterback that was going to throw 60 touchdowns. That kind of helps your wide receiver production. Um, and then he running in the four fours just only cemented his spot at the back end of the first round or the early second. But I'm left with a really easy choice. Since John won't take a quarterback, I will. Um, and I'm going to take Jordan Love. I think it's a no-brainer pick here. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, the fourth quarterback that gets drafted in the first round. Um, and any time a first-round quarterback is drafted um, in the NFL draft, that means that he shouldn't be leaving uh, the second round in rookie drafts. So that means I have to take him. Um, it's just the highest value on the board in a super flex league value in these drafts. That's clearly my uh, first pick there at the 202. Let me ask you a question, Kane. Do you think Jordan Love could jump into the first round of super flex mock drafts, or excuse me, in super flex actual drafts, if he were to land in a prime location? Like I saw him mocked today to Carolina at seven, and I've also seen him mocked to the Colts at 13. Does that make him a first rounder landing with Matt Rule or Frank Reich? So I think he should be, whether that that actually gets him in the first round or not, that's a different story. But I think there's already so much talk that are going to be wanting some of this running back talent, and wide receiver talent, and that's going to make guys like Justin Herbert and Jordan Love slide a little bit more than they probably should. But if I'm chasing just value, you're never going to get a quarterback cheaper than you are in rookie drafts. So I'm I'm always going to take 
a starting quarterback when I have the chance to. All right. That was who that was who I was thinking. I mean, honestly, like in in reality, I, I might go that way. If I needed a quarterback, I would I would easily go the quarterback, but I like Jefferson enough that if he's there, that's going to be real tough to pass up. Well, those were the top two guys. I was taking yeah. one or the other. I knew you were going to take one. I was going to take the other one. But I just think anytime you can get a quarterback, especially in round two, that has a chance of starting and a good chance of starting at that, I'm always going to take that value. I, I think you guys nailed it. And triple that if they land in a good organization. Like, I'm not being a homer, but I think the Colts are a good organization. Good head coach, good GM. Forget the owner. We just kind of put him in a closet aka rehab allegedly all right jerry i'm gonna, gonna throw this one over to you uh what are you doing with your pick here at the 203 uh i think it went sort of sort of on par for what i thought these guys were gonna do uh i was hoping maybe people hated jordan love and he could just fall right into my lap but to no avail i'll take the guy that ran the 427.40 henry ruggs is not my favorite prospect but he, he's a dude that is going to have good draft capital when it comes to April's draft. And he is going to be skyrocketing up uh, rookie mock. He's a dude that's just going to jump up draft boards. He's a speed demon. He's good. He's if he ends up in a good situation, I could easily see him going in the back end of the first round. Not my favorite guy, but as far as where we're at in the second round, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that are just, you know, you're throwing the dart at him. And I'll take the guy that's super fast and just hope he can turn into a Deshaun Jackson, maybe, you know, not not like Ted Ginn. I mean, I know Ted Ginn's been around for 135 years, but he's never been the guy that won you a game. So I'm going to just pray that he's not that and that he could be Deshaun Jackson and just blow up more. Like like Randy always says, he's, he's definitely going to be more of a best ball asset. But as far as the second round, give me give me the lightning bolt. This is the, the, the go big or, or go home spot for, for me. I was listening to the three and out podcast with f- former NFL scout John Middlecoff today, and he said that he would be stunned, just absolutely stunned, if Ruggs went anywhere beyond uh, the 16th overall pick. And he actually thinks that he'll go off boards faster than C.D. Lamb in the actual draft. Now, that doesn't mean that will happen in rookie drafts, but that's how impressed a former NFL scout was with him. Pete, what do you got on Ruggs? And uh, hit us with that two zero four. Uh, I think it was perfectly said. Ruggs, more of a best ball kind of asset, boom bust potential. You're never going to feel probably great, you know, stashing him in as your wide receiver three or in a flex, you know, probably maybe a flex spot or something. And he's going to end up being a much better NFL player. Somebody who's going to be able to take the top, you know, somebody who can go to Philadelphia and help open up for uh, Wentz and get, you know, the guys underneath. But for me, I'm very happy he's still here. LaVisca Chenault, you know, before the combine, we were talking about don't double count things. You know, if you thought a guy was going to be fast and he runs fast, don't bump him up your boards. People were worried about LaVisca having this injury stuff. You already knew he had a, a this hip uh, pubic bone thing going on. And he measured in at six foot one, 227 pounds. That's pretty much Ezekiel Elliott's size at a wide receiver. And he ran a, a four, five, six or something in the 40, knowing that he had to go do surgery within a few days. So I'm good. I'm taking LaVisca Chenault, who I, and I think he should be a first round fantasy asset. I, I was not the biggest fan of him coming in, but I, I give him credit for having all the heart in the world. Knowing that you're hurt, knowing that all the eyes are on you, knowing what this can do to your draft capital, seeing what happened to uh, a guy up in your area 
last year in DK Metcalf, saw what happened to him and how he felt. And for him to compete anyway, it, it showed a, a ton of heart. I'm on the clock here. This right here is a spot where I don't mind gambling. This is the, the second, third, fourth round. You take big swings and, you know, willing to, to be able to miss. I, I, I kind of want to go running back, but I think I'm going to go with the, the guy who is atypical for me, but I liked the, the metrics across the board, and that's Denzel Mims. I just think that this kid, if he lands in the right spot with the right coach, he's very landing spot dependent, which then again, that's one of my new catchphrases is we're all landing spot dependent. You know, if he lands with a good offensive mind that knows how to use him and motivate him, because one of the knocks on him uh, when I was reading scouting reports is that he's a tad lazy. Um, that does not set well with me, you know, taking plays off. I'm typically more of the Terry McLaren, Cooper Cup type you know, the, the hardworking, studious type, you know, guys. But in this case, I'm going to gamble a little bit. I'm going to take Denzel Mims. So, Bosh, anything on Mims, and then uh, you would be up, sir. No, I don't really have anything on Mims. I, I, I think this is the right spot for him. I think he will be available in the second, and I think he will go in the second. So, no, I don't really have any reason to, to question that pick. I was a little nervous that you might actually go where I was going. I'm glad you didn't go quarterback because I think – this is the time where I will. It might feel like a little bit of a reach right now, but I think when the time comes, I'm not going to pass up a quarterback again. <laughs> like, given the option, I'll take Eason here. I think he did, you know, enough to, to get drafted. If I, if the draft reports are correct, he's going to have a decent amount of draft stock. So that makes me feel pretty comfortable taking a young quarterback in the middle of the second round. I've heard, I've seen and heard him being mocked to New Orleans late in the first round as a potential heir apparent to Drew Brees if Teddy Bridgewater leaves in free agency. So if he gets late first-round draft capital to where they can get in with that fifth-year option type deal, I think this would be an absolute steal. So, Kane, anything on Eason and a quarterback at that position, and you are back on the clock. So I think first, just on Eason, I think one landing spot that, that we can't ignore, that's Tampa Bay. Just the way that Eason fits into that um, you know, that vertical threat offense. I think that's really exciting for guys like Godwin and um, Mike Evans. So they would both be stock up for me if they get a guy like Eason, um, just because his arm talent um, might be unmatched in this draft. Um, just what's between the ears doesn't always seem to uh, look the best because he doesn't always read the defenses correctly. But but he's a great pick. You never you never pass up taking a quarterback in a super flex mock, especially if they're, they have a chance to go round one, but I'm going to go running back and I'm going to take my running back six. And it's been the same since the season ended. And that's AJ Dillon. Um, I've been an AJ Dillon guy for a very long time. So seeing him run a four, five, three is not surprising. AJ Dillon was always incredibly fast and he's coming in at six feet tall, 247 pounds moving that fast. Um, I think he can catch better than people give him credit for. He also just wasn't asked to do that at Boston College. So, you know, I'm I'm going to take the chance here. I think if we're looking at fit in the NFL, I think he fits the best as a second running back in a two-back system. Um, so if we're looking at places like uh, Buffalo, where he could come in and just give a different side you know, just something different to Singletary. I think that would be a really nice landing spot for him. But I'm going to take A.J. Dillon, and uh, if you don't like him, oh well. 
You know, I, I got to create a drop. I'm recently building a soundboard, and I got to get that that sound drop of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Predator saying, Dylan, you son of a bitch. Just, I see, I got Pete laughing. Pete's an Arnold guy. He's a workout guy. He totally knew where I was going. Uh, Jer- Jerry, uh, anything on A.J. Dillon? And before you bake your pick, how thick is A.J. Dillon? He is thicker than a bowl of oatmeal, man. But listen, I, I got nothing bad to say about A.J. Dillon. I could have. I could have two weeks ago. My man came out there and he shut me up. So, and if anyone deserved a victory lap, it was Kane on AJ Dillon because he got some, uh, he got some smoke from it and he got to do the victory lap. So I, as much as I love to pick on the man, I got nothing for that one. I am going to go with Keyshawn Vaughn though, because as many times as we has done, we have done a show on these rookies on this coming up draft class. Every single person we've brought on has talked about Keyshawn Vaughn and about how much they like. And I am not going to be stubborn beyond my ways and ignore all of that information from a plethora of smart people. I liked him initially when I watched it, so it just reinforced all of that. I'm going to take Vaughn here, and I promise you in my rookie drafts, I will be taking him sooner than this. I have to say, I'm willing to bet, being the big fan of the running back position, Pete is, this might have been who he had queued up here. And you're right, we have yet to have any draft or Debbie analyst on who at least didn't like him. There wasn't too many neutrals or any, no one even said they didn't like him. Everybody liked or loved Keyshawn Vaughn. Pete, give us a little something on Keyshawn Vaughn and go ahead and make a pick at the 209. Uh, you, you know, playing out of Vanderbilt, he's definitely underrated, uh, underappreciated probably. Not a lot of people are watching Vanderbilt game. I actually liked uh, what Kane was talking about with Dylan going to Buffalo. And if you think about running a heavy package, especially at the goal line, take a little bit of you know the pressure, the, uh, the risk off of your quarterback. You know, why are you going to keep slamming, you know, your main man, your quarterback in? He's, you know, he had all these touchdowns last year. But now you're going to bring in an A.J. Dillon, run that you know read option, and that's just a huge package right there with that much uh, size. I, uh, I really like that idea. Uh, yes, Pete agreed with me. I, I do. I, you know, if he goes, like I said, that Let's Buffalo go. offense, that, that sounds pretty good. I'm going to go wide receiver again. We talked about a guy who uh, maybe a little smoke and mirrors, didn't want to go to the combine, foot, oh. foot injury. Brian Edwards, South Carolina. I'm a big metrics guy, especially with, you know, he broke out, uh, you basically like a junior high age and, <laughs> you know, anytime you're a 17 year old going against, you know, top college, uh, athletes and you break out and have big time numbers that tells me you're a good player. So I'm all about Brian Edwards at that spot. Uh, I heard who groaned, who, who was on the Brian Edwards train? That, that was me. I was kind of hoping he'd come he'd fall <laughs> down two more spots. Like, I, I was hoping people would have just forgotten about him, to be honest. And, I, and I'd be getting him this late, which would have been awesome. Well, th- this is the whole point of the exercise for the listeners, that there's going to be nice value at the end of this, because had Pete not taken him, you would have gotten him, because I'm going with, with he's not quite Cooper Cup level or Terry McLaren level yet, but he's well on his way, and that's Michael Pittman Jr., had a much Damn better it. A, a, a much better combine than people thought. He's a guy that I've affectionately dubbed a two and two guy. That's a guy that I think is going to go in the second round of the NFL draft, and a guy that should be going in the second round of your rookie drafts. He's not quite elite enough to overtake 
the Judys and the Ragers and the Lambs, but he's someone in that next tier for me. I, I, I'm really excited about this guy. He's not the athlete that Mims is. I, I'm gambling there. I, I would be absolutely ecstatic to get a, a Michael Pittman share at the 210. And the reason why is, again, you can't count on rookie production, you know, from a wide receiver or tight ends typically. But one thing that get, that get rookies on the field is good blocking. And he is a very capable, willing, and nasty blocker. So some old school coach is going to like that. And I would love to see him opposite John Brown up there in Buffalo. I think we're trying to give everyone to Buffalo. We're putting Keyshawn Vaughn in Buffalo, A.J. <laughs> Dillon in Buffalo, uh, John Brown, now uh, now Michael Pittman in Buffalo. So that was my pick. So, Bosh, uh, you, you missed out on Edwards, but uh, what, what's your next selection? Yeah, so now I have to decide between – a guy that had a disappointing combine and has probably kind of fallen a little bit in value because of it. A guy who had an awesome combine and is probably a little higher than he should be right now. Or a guy that didn't even go, like didn't even do, you know, didn't even perform at the combine. Uh, because it is those three that are the next on my list. Oh, don't pick that one. Oh, don't pick that one. <laughs> I really want to go with. You I know really I'm going to pick one of them. I really want to go with the one that, you know, he's the hotter name right now. He he obviously showed just uh, awesome. Like, he came out of the combine looking better than – he probably rose more than anybody else. Where are we at here? It's, it's got to be late second, right? Correct. You are at the 211. All right. So this is this is pretty much a gamble anyways. Oh, man, it feels real early to take him. Because it is. Don't do it. It is. I won't pick him. I don't think – I don't – <laughs> screw it let's go chase claypool <laughs> why not uh, i i I'll, I'll bite i'll take the bait but it's you know. not tight end premium <laughs> yeah, oh god it, it doesn't well my i have total issues with tight end premium but it doesn't even oh, i don't know that he's gonna switch to tight end now that was originally the dream but i i think he did well enough now he's i think he's gonna be a, a fine wide receiver <laughs> even if he's not he's gonna be doing the same function basically you know just be huge, athletic, and catch the ball. That's that gets me when guys do it. So maybe I'm maybe I'm taking the bait there and shouldn't be, but he definitely caught my eye. Let, let me ask you this: How fortunate we're now? This is not a tight end premium mock draft. I, I appreciate Kane giving you the business, but how, how fortunate would you be if he wound up in a tight end premium league, wound up with both designations, or wound oh, up starting off as a wide receiver and then winds up as a tight funny. end? That yeah. that's absolute money. If if he makes that position switch or gets the eligibility, which I, I don't think he's going to do now. I don't think he has to do it now. Like, but if it t- if it came down the road a year or two from now, somebody said, "Hey, we want you to start running some tight end routes." You know, oh, that's a dream come true. Yeah, it was a f- many many years ago. Was it Chris Cooley from or uh, uh, the guy from the Redskins who played like tight end? He had tight end and running back eligibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was super nice. So if, if that happened in a tight end premium, that would be very cool. But uh, Kane, you're back up on the clock, and I can almost call this pick, but I'm going to let you make it all the same. Hey, Jerry, who did you have to uh, change your profile picture to on Twitter? Uh, that was Sir Tyler Johnson. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm taking Tyler Johnson. That's, it's a no-brainer for me. Obviously, I've probably seen more Tyler Johnson games than most of the people that are on this podcast right now, also because I'm a Gopher fan and I've watched all of them. So I, I just really like Tyler Johnson. I think part of it, he's gotten some really bad advice. Whoever's given him advice, 
is doing a shit show of a job. <laughs> like, it's not making him any money. I think, first of all, just him returning to school, I think, was a little bit of a head scratcher. I'm just returning to school for his senior year. But if if you know Tyler Johnson at all, that does make sense. He's He's a really quiet kid, and he really enjoys that area. Obviously, he went to Minneapolis North and kept that school open because he ended up winning a state championship with them. Um, he was a quarterback then, and now he's obviously wide receiver, was a wide receiver for the Gophers. But I think he's one of the better route runners in this draft. I think he's faster. I think he plays faster than his 40 time will ever show. And I think he just does a lot of the little things really well. I like just if we're talking about just route running, just the way that he gets in and out of his cuts, he really sinks his hips well and gets in and out of his breaks. Um, so that's definitely something that I look for. You can call me a homer like Jerry wants to do, but Jerry can't win a bet, so I'm not going to let him talk. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to let Jerry, I'm gonna let Jerry re- rebuttal here in just a second, but I want to recap the, the second round. So at 201, John went with Justin Jefferson. 202, Kane went with Jordan Love. 203, Jerry took Henry Ruggs. 204, Pete took LaVisca Chenault. 205, I took Denzel Mims. 206, Bosch took uh, Jacob Eason. 207, Kane took A.J. Dillon. 208, Jerry took Keyshawn Vaughn. 209, Pete took Brian Edwards. Uh, At the 210, I took Michael Pittman Jr. At 211, Bosch took tight end quasi-wide receiver Chase Claypool. And Kane was telling us about how much Johnson he watched up there in Minnesota with Tyler Johnson at the 212. So I'm going to kick a this. A lot of Johnson. A lot of Johnson. So when you're talking about Johnson, think of Kane. Um, mm-hmm. Jerry, uh, you are on the pick with the 3-0-1. That's um, a really, before we get there, though, that is a really fun second round. Like, there are some good players in that second round. This is crazy. Guys that got wide receiver one and two potential, serviceable running backs, and if you hit on either Eason or Love there in a super flex, you just doubled or tripled your money this time next year because this is the kind of, if you hit these picks and if you're following along with all of our experts like John, Pete, and Kane, and, and you nail these, if if you want to put together a package next year, hey, hey Kane, you can put that package right next to your Johnson, and you can go up next year and maybe get a a, a Fields or a Trevor Lawrence next year because the, those are the guys that, that are the, the, the prizes for me. But uh, Jerry, 301 there, fun guy. No, at this rate, he's going to take Bateman with that pick. Just keep the homerism going. <laughs> no, listen. Don't it, be shocked if I do. I mean, I would because he's a bad mother. But, Did uh, you just say he's bad? No, he's a bad mother. And okay. I, had to, I had to trail okay. it off. All right, there. all right, all right, all right. Um, I thought we were about to go fisticuffs here. <laughs> no, listen, I don't even hate Tyler Johnson. I mean, I don't know if I would take him there, but it's not far from where I would take him. So I can't, as much as I would like to poop on your pick again, I can't really do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to make it easy for all of you to poop on my pick because I'm going to take the one guy that was the most disappointing person at the combine, and that was Zach Moss because God, he dang it. is still running. Sorry, buddy. He's <laughs> I love him. I like watching him play, but he just did so many things so poorly to just kill his narrative that's surrounding him right now. I still like Zach Moss. I'm going to take a lot of shots on Zach Moss, especially at this point. What What is the chance that my 301 – is going to hit 
zero percent if it's Zach Moss. <laughs> You're gonna have time to catch him to see if he hits because he's <laughs> he's he might still be running. He's got that piano he's like, on he's his like back. the Elijah Holyfield of yeah. this year's draft. Yeah, he's um, the oh, no. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> but oh. yeah, as much as that was the one dude that I was really looking forward to and hoping that he could jump up, sort of like AJ Dillon did, it just that took themselves up a tier. And he certainly did not, but I'm still going to take him because, you know, we're going for lottery tickets. We might as well swing for the fences in the third round. I, if I, I would have gone to running back when I went with uh, the tight end, we're calling him. No, he's a wide receiver. I, Moss was the running back, obviously, I was going to go for. I think that's a steal because if this guy gets – I mean, he's still projected to be a day three running back, as crazy as that sounds. So if if you got him in the third round that he ends up getting – even moderate reps as a rookie, you, you, you cashed in. So, Pete, you're up at the three zero two. Yeah, obviously, I, I like that Zach Moss pick, too. Uh, watching Pac-12 games out here uh, up in the great Pacific Northwest, it, it's kind of what I expected. I didn't think he was going to blow up the combine. He's he's a compiler. Um, Jordan Howard's made a good career for himself, too. So, uh, I'm just fine with what he did. And if anything, he's just kind of helped uh, you get him at a later round now as a value. And especially uh, PFF had the, him as, uh, I think, one of their highest rated guys. So based on all their metrics. But uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to stick with that Pac-12. And I'm going to go Eno Benjamin at this point. A big, been a big fan of him. I think he's got great contact balance. Played on some really bad Arizona State teams. And hey, at 302, great upside. I'm all about it. And uh, I think he's a steal at this point for running back. Now, now, Pete, you're a fellow fitness aficionado. We'll just say that. What, what, <laughs> what, what, what do you make of his weighing in at the Senior Bowl at a buck ninety-five, then weighing in at two oh seven at the at the actual combine? I, I told a, a mutual friend that I was like, this feels like a UFC wrestler weight <laughs> manipulation that he weighed in at 207 i said i'd bet you a 100 bucks that he's probably actually doing these drills at 200 pounds even you know yeah. he, he let, let that weight let that water weight get out of your body and be able to compete it, do, do, does that make sense to you yeah i know there was talk about having them weigh in the day of the drills uh, so we could have a you know kind of two weigh-in weights but yeah there's a 12 pound uh, gain between this this combine and the senior so okay, let's let's just talk about 12 pounds is nothing i've been putting on 12 pounds in a month for a few months like so i think he just came to minnesota he and i just went out to eat like three four times a day like my normal sketch and uh, then, then he just went to indy and boom 207 what can we put on these fried potatoes to make them better oh some of like the cheese on them <laughs> Great choice, bacon, yeah, sour cream, bacon. It's perfect. You got you now. You got your carbs. You got your fat and your protein source. This is perfect. Uh, Pete, you, you went Eno Benjamin. I too am going to stay in the in the Pac-12, and I'm going to take Joshua Kelly, a guy that I've heard interviewed that just sounds wise and mature beyond his years. You know, and if you go back historically and look at the Senior Bowl running backs, one tends to have like a real fantasy value type player you know there's Kareem Hunt there's David Johnson there was Kenyon Drake was another guy who went to the senior bowl so there's usually one so I'm going to hedge against Jerry hitting on Keyshawn Vaughn and I'm going to take I'm going to take Joshua Kelly as the senior running back who went to the senior bowl to break out so we are back up to Mr. Bosch at 304. 
guy I'm going to have to go to the running back position because there's only one running back really left that I have interest in Don't right now it. in this class. So Don't do it. No, I'm going Anthony McFarland here. No! Um, I mean, he, he's easily the last one in a tier, and I like him better than some of the running backs that have already been picked. So, I'm, I mean, I don't want any, any running back after him, really. So, definitely grabbing him here before I have no choice. <laughs> well, I'm going to let Kane have his moment. Yeah, Kane seemed to like that pick. Because Kane's on deck one at the 305, and two, it sounds like he's got some uh, passionate <laughs> words for uh, for that pick. I just think Anthony McFarland is a really good player. Um, I think if if we're if we're just trying to knock him down a little bit, it's just his size. Um, I think he needs to just bulk up a little bit. People were saying that his playing weight in college was 195, and that looked a little heavier than what he was playing at. So I, I just think he's he's a stud player. He catches the ball well. Um, his vision is incredible. Um, he just constantly does things really, really well. When he was at Maryland, um, I got to see him tear up Mer- the Minnesota-Maryland game in 2018. Um, he's the main reason why they won when he ran for over 200 yards and four touchdowns. Um, that was really fun to watch. Not really. But I, I just think I just think he's, to me, he's better than three or four of the running backs that have already been picked. And if you can get him this late, it, it's a steal. Because there's been talk about late day two draft capital, whether that comes to be or not. Anytime you can get a guy with that talk this late, I think it's it's a really good pick. Well, make a really good pick. You're back on the clock, my friend. Um, so I was between two guys, and obviously one was Anthony McFarland, so that's, that makes my pick really easy. And I'm even going out to the Pac-12 just for Pete, and I'm taking Isaiah Hodgins wide receiver Oregon State if if we're looking at you know the analytics he had over a 40 percent dominator rating which is crazy good he's a big body guy he comes in 6'4 210 so he's really going to be good in those jump ball situations I just think since the start of the season he just did so many things better than he did the year before Um, just the way that how quickly he's getting in and out of his breaks now he wasn't just a downfield guy. He was able to run um, digs and curls and slants underneath, which really increased his game and made it a lot easier for uh, Oregon State to really showcase him as their top wide receiver. So that that's a really nice pick, I think, um, getting him this late. I'm going to toot my own horn so Jerry can't do it. Uh, I, I I do like the the fact that as I continue to, to, to write names off the board, and I'm I'm using the the list that I've put together. It's like it, it just really re- continues to reinforce the amount of value. Like we have not even taken a tight end yet. Not normally a big fan of the table talk, but that's okay. Jerry, you're up at the three zero six. All right. Uh, the Patreon. I went in on this guy on this past week of the War Zone. I went in on this guy because I don't love him. A big part of that is the helmet he wears because there is nothing uglier in the history of this entire country's football programs that is uglier than a winged helmet that is in maize and blue. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, while I may not love his football game and I may not like that he drops the ball from time to time, when we are in the middle of the third round, and like I said earlier, I'm swinging for the fences, a dude that can run a 4-4, has a 44-inch vertical, was explosive, and could 
show his explosiveness in games, I'm going to take him here. And it hurts my soul more than any of you can ever fathom to take this man. This is the same man that when he scored his 75-yard touchdown on my Spartans, he did the Paul Bunyan pose, which is the trophy that you win when you win that game. So he's a son of a bitch, and I will hate him for all of my life. But at 306, an explosive athlete, I got to take him here. Uh, Yeah, go blue. Get the fuck got of here <laughs> you, you see you, you, I, I should have known better i should have known brother to put jerry and kane in the same room i will i will just say this at, at 306 to get that i'm gonna call that a bryce harper pick because that's either going to be a strikeout or a home run i i don't see anything in in between that's a little baseball reference for those of you that get it pete you're up at the 307 anything on people's jones and uh if not just make a pick uh that was a little disappointing uh just I think you nailed it. When you're talking about kind of later end of the third round, Donovan Peoples-Jones is perfect for that. Um, man, the dude lit up the combine. He looked terrible at Michigan, but a lot of that Michigan offense looked pretty bad. So I, I'm not going to hang everything on him, but it, I'm not going to draft him before now. So that's a that's a great upside pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the Penn State wide receiver, K.J. Hamler. There's no real running backs I want to aim for right now, not knowing any of the landing spots. But I think he's got a bit of that uh, Tyreek Hill ability with the ball in his hands and his speed. He's not, you know, Henry Ruggs, straight line, deep speed, but he is really fun to watch when he's got the football in his hands. And I think if you get him on a good offense, somebody's going to take advantage of that. All right. Well, I'm going to go this one back to Jerry. Jerry, you're in Big Ten country. Anything on Hamler? He was a Michigan State recruit, and it pissed me off when he went to Penn State. Dude's good. (laughs) Listen, he just it, went to the better team. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. We would have wasted him. So good on him. I hate James Franklin too. While we're just, just like on Penn that. State wasted Justin Shorter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> Hamler was explosive. Hamler was awesome. His whole career in the Big Ten. It. I question why he didn't want to go to the combine. That sort of like like we mentioned earlier. Uh, it's like you're trying to hide something. Uh, you're a little dude, so you need to run real fast. You need to run good routes and everything there. So I question it. At this spot, I promise you I would have taken Hamler too because it's it, in swinging for the fences. I, I can only say it so many times, but that's exactly what that dude is. Well, I, I like it. I'm, I'm going to stay in the, the state of Indiana of which I reside, and I'm going to break the, the tight end seal, and I'm going to go Cole Komet. I, I think he'll be the first tight end off the board now. Missouri's Albert O. I'm not even going to embarrass myself by trying to pronounce that gentleman's last name. I, I just think Cole Komet will go with good draft capital. And at this point, it's kind of like a, a different version of the Donovan Peoples-Jones pick. If I hit here, especially like in a tight end premium, which just is not, but tight end is such a barren wasteland of trash once you get past the top five or six options. So why not take a swing on trying to find someone who can actually play the position this late in the draft? I did have two other guys that I wanted to draft, but believe it or not, I think they'll be there in the fourth round. So, Bosh, 309, you got one last uh, bullet in this here mock draft. So you saying that the guys will be there, that's exactly what I would want to do with the 309 is, hey, who wants to give me like three dart throws for one guy they really, really want? I mean, there are a lot of guys I still want, but none of them are running backs, which are usually the position that pops really fast in the NFL. Other than that, I will go with back to quarterback because if there's a chance that he gets on the field, 
he hit his value will skyrocket. You know, I really want to know where Jalen Hurts gets drafted because that's going to make a huge, huge difference. I mean, like I said, if he gets the opportunity, nobody rises as fast as a quarterback that all of a sudden is a starting quarterback in a super flex league. So I'll take Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's set to start anywhere, but anywhere they get drafted and they then be in the backup, they are one injury away from immediate fantasy value. Well, you, you could easily double that, that 2020, you know, late third. You could get, you know, a 2021 second, maybe plus if he was forced into action off of a contender's yep. roster. So not a bad play and not who I think you were going with, but I, I don't hate it. Kane. No, there's several receivers that I kind of like here, but I don't think they have the, I don't think they have the chance to really give me that instant value that it, which is how I tend to play fantasy football. All about that instant return on investment. Kane, you're up with one last pick yourself. So I was, you know, between two guys again, and John helped me out. I know it makes me feel it, good that I've been doing that for you all night. I'm being yeah, so nice to you. It it does help me out when I always have two in my mind. But right now, my thought is if I should go back to the quarterback. Well, here, anytime you can get a quarterback late third. You should probably do that, but I dislike from so much that I will not do that. <laughs> so I'm going to take the same guy that I hyped up the last time I was on the Dynasty War Zone, and that's Lynn Bowden. I'm I'm a Lynn Bowden guy. I think the biggest thing with him is just if he can get in an offense that's willing to give him the manu- manufactured touches, he is going to need right away because again, he's not going to be a polished wide receiver coming in. Because, again, if you remember anything that happened at Kentucky, the quarterback got hurt before the season. Lynn Bowden trans kind of moved over to quarterback, did that position change, and really just ran as a wildcat quarterback and averaged over seven yards a carry. Seven yards a carry as a wildcat quarterback, just shy of eight. He ran 7.9 yards per carry, if I remember correctly. So I, I like him. I think if he can get the manufactured touches and really work to progress as a wide receiver, if he can go, you know, go to a place that already has um, an established wide receiver and can kind of teach him a few things, I think that's going to be really, really beneficial for him. So anytime I can get who I believe to be a home run pick in the late third, I, I think it's worth it. I, I heard him recently called a more athletic Julian Edelman which is a pretty uh, pretty interesting statement. So he, he's definitely an interesting guy. It, he's the kind of guy that I want to see land with a very sharp, offensive-minded head coach, to see him wind up with like the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints, a, a coach that's going to know how to use him. I would not hate him in Cincinnati with Zach Taylor. He's not my favorite head coach in the league, but he comes from that – Sean McVay offensive tree, so maybe he could do something interesting. All right, Jerry, 311. One last shot. One last shot. One last opportunity to upset all of you, but I don't think I'm going to because I'm picking a guy from a small school, and like we said when we picked McFarland, there is a bit of a teardrop when we get to running back, but I'm going to take a shot on the Appalachian State kid, Darrington Evans. He ran a good 40. He was super productive at his time there. I know it's in the Sun Belt, and that's not the Premier League to be, you know, for all the reasons I love Keyshawn Vaughn running in a for a bad program against extremely good talent. You know, Appalachian State's one of the better programs in that division running against big high school kids. Uh, I don't know what, what other way to put it. 
he's a dude that I like. And honestly, I would I would assume that I have a lot of third round pick shares of him just because if running backs hit, you can flip them quickly and you can flip them for profit quickly. So Darrington Evans, it's we're getting down to the real nitty gritty. So I'm going to take one of the last few guys that I think I'm keying in on in this sort of range. All right, Pete, bring this thing home. Anything on Darrington Evans? And if not, give us uh, the 312. Solid. Uh, you know, this is this is a, a tricky one. Antonio Gandy-Golden is still out there. Uh, when you look at the tight ends, Hunter Bryant, Thaddeus Moss, and Albert Okuwe-Nubom, who just blazed Props to you for that, my friend. <laughs> it's been a lot of practice. I, I was really high on him, but he, he was disappeared last year, did not look good. Didn't really look like he was kind of the speed he showed on the 40. That didn't seem to be there last year. Uh, the previous seasons, he looked great. But this being super flex, I'm going with Andy Dalton 2.0, Jake Fromm. <laughs> Georgia has to be kicking themselves for letting Justin Fields go. And uh, Ethan. And, well, yeah, I, I, Ethan is uh, <laughs> better than Jake Fromm. Being a UW fan, you're going you're gonna to question that one. I think Fromm will have a just, you know, a decent enough career. He gets hot and trade him away. So at 312 in a super flex, you get Fromm. Uh, the moment he starts seeing the field, I'll probably deal him off. You get Fromm in his absolutely little baby hand. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's all right. Again, if he, if it's a decent landing spot, any, you know, a guy like Fromm to be the heir apparent, let's say Tom Brady resigns in. Uh, New England, I know they've got uh, Easton Stick there or a Stick in L.A. No, it's Stidham's in uh, the Patriots and uh, Easton Sticks uh, out in L.A. with the Chargers. But I'm sitting here going through my list, and I'm still looking at names of guys like, uh, you know, a running back that didn't get mentioned that is a uh, that has a big fan in Garrett Price is D.J. Dallas. He, d- he didn't get mentioned. A guy that I like, he's a little bit older, Van Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk, I thought, would have had potential to go in the, the, the third round. Michael Warren. I want to say this is a really smart group for passing on Brandon Ayuk. I don't know why he's <laughs> so high. We talked about this before recording, but you have people saying that Brandon Ayuk over and Keel Harry. Brandon Ayuk wasn't even a thing when Keel Harry was there. So just well, that's because he came from JUCO, Pete. <laughs> it does take he a little bit more time. JUCO, Pete. JUCO, yep. JUCO. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael Warren the second out of Cincinnati, a running back, a guy that Pete brought up last time that I've been keeping an eye uh, eye on, Salvan Ahmed. The, oh, Ahmed. my bad. The the kid out of Memphis, Antonio Gibson. So th- there's still a handful of guys, and a guy that's actually got some pro tryouts. A, a, a name that remains a deep sleeper. He's got a visit lined up with the Jets, and that's James Robinson out of Illinois State, personal favorite of friend of the show, Shane Hallam. So there you go. I'm going to go around the horn, reverse order of in the way I've brought him in. Uh, just a reminder, give us your Twitter handle and uh, tell Memphis, us what's up. Can we talk a little bit at least about uh, Devin DuVernay? Yes, sure. That I was, was the name say, that, I was going to say his name on Devin, my exit. Say my name, yeah. say my name. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to go around the horn, and each one of you guys can bring up a guy that we didn't mention that you would like to add uh, a little uh, something on. So, Pete, you're on the clock. You're first. Uh, anyone that we didn't mention that you want to make sure that we remember to uh, take a dart throw on? Uh, you, you know, you talked to Savan Ahmed. I don't know where the, the K gets in the name. Uh, really disappointing combine. He ran slow. Um, 
I was talking a little bit, Lawrence Cheney mentioned this too. Uh, the training program he was at has not done well for their athletes that have shown up. I, I don't know what to make of that. He looked a lot faster at the pro days for UW. And so we'll see what happens uh, when he comes out to the UW pro day. But there's a, a late, you know, dart throw kind of guy. Uh, there's talk maybe working him at wide receiver too. So, but uh, you can follow me at underscore Pete Law and you know, always, always willing to talk football. We definitely appreciate you. And then uh, my, my main man, like my little brother out there in the dynasty land, his name is Kane. Kane, what's up, buddy? Who was a name that we forgot and what's going on with you and uh, your co-host Caleb and everything that's going on? So, so can I cheat and say two? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to yeah. cheat and say two names. You're a guest. Um, so I'm going to do both a running back and a wide receiver. I think the running back, LaMichael P. Ryan, if you can get him really late, I just think that there's a chance that uh, he's going to make a roster. And, what you know, running back, you're one injury away from from re- really getting value. Um, and then he straight a wide up re- should just change his last name, though. Like, <laughs> that is going to be a knock on him. You know it. You know it. Yeah, like, that's why he's already being drafted at the end of the fourth. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then a wide receiver, um, and I'm talking if you're doing five rounds, um, Quintez Cephas, I, I think he's worth it. Um, the really fun thing is when you hear guys um, talk about him, that he was one of the toughest guys to defend at practice. He's got he's a guy that makes a 50-50 ball turn into an 80-20 ball at practice. Um, those are things that excite me that I want to be able to take chances on. Um, so those are two guys that I would I would just uh, keep an eye on. And when they weirdly go higher than you think they're going to in the NFL draft, you'll already have a leg up on those names. But yeah, so last night we just recorded our 11th episode. Somehow it's been 11 episodes of the Devi Marketplace already um, with my co-host Caleb Pearson at PearsonFF on the Twitter box. And, you know, we just started something really cool with our podcast along with the Dynasty Draft Room. And we made the draft lounge. Um, we just wanted a place for people just to get together and only talk about college football, um, which is something that seems like doesn't get serviced that much. If you're just, you know, just looking on Twitter, you're not going to see as much college football talk, like pure college football talk. And that's what we like to do. So we created the draft lounge over on Patreon. So if you want to hear some additional pods, as well as being a full college football chat, go over there and check it out. And we're having a ton of fun. Well, thank you for stopping by. Always good to have someone here to rile up Jerry more than I do. All right, Mr. Bosch. It's so easy. It it is. It is very easy. All right, Mr. Bosch. Besides running the Auction Addicts League uh, and all the other stuff that that you've got going on, Dynasty Game Night, uh, Dynasty Wall Street, what's going on with you, sir? Kane definitely shouted out the name that I was holding back there at the end for DeVernay. I like him. Uh, getting him in the fourth feels like a steal anytime. The other one that I, I'll throw out is Adam Troutman. Like, just if I pick him up in fourth rounds, this is where I usually will try to get some tight ends that you know, I tight ends are always seem quite mm, risky, we'll call them. They seem to wash out real fast when you've only invested a fourth. But if I can tr- get anything for them in the future, that's how I play. So, along with that, what one thing I've done lately is uh, I finally put out like what I call my 2021 expected values. Uh, it's in my pin tweet right now at John Bosch FF. I go through every player and I kind of rank where I expect to value them a year from now. 
So not just the ranks, but I, I go through my process of doing it too. Highly recommend everybody to go through that kind of a process because it changes how you view the players today and it makes it different how you trade. If you really force yourself to sit down and write out the players in the order that you think they'll be a year from now. No, it's good to get ahead. and But that's why I hang out with really smart guys like Kane, uh, all these Devi dudes. You know, uh, Pete mentioned Lawrence Cheney, Nick Whalen. There's a lot of great Devi content out there, but uh, I, I prefer the Devi marketplace. I am biased. So I'm uh, going to throw it over to Jerry. Jerry, anyone that we missed that you want to bring up and uh, any parting words? Listen, I just did my due diligence and I wrote down the names that they said because, listen... I am a fan of you guys as well. As much as I like to bust Kane's chops, he's one of my dudes, and that's what you do to your buddies. Bosh, Bosh has been a legend in this game for as long as I have been in it. Don't don't laugh like that. I'm serious. It's this is the first time we've ever had to have a have a conversation. It was good to talk to you, Pete, my homie. Just saw Pete a couple weeks ago recently. This is, this is my favorite part about doing this kind of stuff is I get to talk to these dudes that I've never got to put a face to the name and I just like to steal your information because I'm lazy and I want to win and use it. That's my that's co-host. How, that's, my, that's my game. That's <laughs> my game is listening to everybody that does all the film study and the metric study. Let them do all the work and I'll just listen to you all do it. That is correct. None of us know as much as all of us. And when we all work together to put our collective IQs and talents together, we, uh, we, we wind up with a better overall product. The guy that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and mention again was DJ Dallas, big fan in the way of Garrett Price. You know, again, running back. If you can get a running back that's, you know, 217 pounds with a with a 71st percentile, you know, BMI, he's a big dude at, you know, 217 pounds, 5'10". You know, he's always that guy who's one injury away from being one injury away. And much like John said very eloquently is that running backs could, you know, multiply in value exponentially. It wouldn't take much for a guy like DJ Dallas to become a thing. So there you go. We love doing these mock drafts. The next one we have scheduled will be after free agency. Because after free agency, a lot of these QB landing spots are going to be taken. The running back, wide receiver spots, everything's going to be shaken up. So starting next week, we're going to start getting into a little, give the rookies a break. They're young. They're, they're not ready to hit that rookie wall just yet. So we're going to give them a week off. We're going to talk a little bit about veteran free agents, uh, where we think they could go. The guest list will continue. But on behalf of John, Kane, Pete, and Jerry, as well as myself, remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon. Thanks for tuning in. Avengers! Assemble. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Gives him with you to the end of the line. Because that's what he wants to do. Got everyone? Like you wanted more?